This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg, and joining me now from our Bismarck studio is root seller Sue. Sue Balcom joins us once a week for Main Street Eats to talk about food. Sue, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Well, happy December. Happy we made it December, through November. Yeah. <laughs> and Thanksgiving. Like, I hope we all had wonderful Thanksgivings. Yeah. Um, my son... Uh, actually spatchcocked a turkey and smoked it this year. Mm. And I'm like, this is so cool. It was so super good. So apparently that uh, spatchcocking thing is really catching on. That's like a way of cutting it, right? So that it cooks faster? Yep. Actually, you can do a great big, you know, like you can do a 10 or 11 pound turkey in about an hour and a half. If You you cut the backbone out and flatten it and then fold the, the lesser fat parts under the turkey and then what I do is I lay it on top of a rack on top of the bread cubes and onions and stuff for the stuffing and then you roast it at a really high temperature until it's 165 or 70 degrees and then all that flavor is dripped down into that bread that gets all toasty brown. It's like just delightful. Mm, that <laughs> but, does sound really good. Well, yeah, I love that there are really simple things that you can do that kind of elevate your food experience, especially as we go into baking season. Uh, baking season, it's, yeah. It's the great British baking season. <laughs> is it ever not baking season in Sue Balcom's world? No, and you know what? There are days when I when I'm thinking to myself. God, I wish my house wouldn't smell like a bakery all the time. I'm getting oh, sick of this smell. But JC's like, gets up in the morning. He's like, oh, it smells it like smells apple so pie. And <laughs> like, yeah, super cool. Yeah. So, you know, we should talk a little bit about baking because this would be the season about um, cookies, right? Yeah. Cookies. And, oh, actually, I met this gal from, um, she, she moved here from Maine and she, took three months of baking at this school in Paris Mm. and she made a stolen for the farmer's market the other day and so I bought a stolen and I hid it in the refrigerator and this morning I was like oh I think I have to try this stolen and Uh I cut it and my husband I offered him a piece and then he came back and got two more pieces (laughs) and then he came back and said why don't you give this woman a tip? I said, that thing cost me 25 bucks. I'm not giving her a tip. (laughs) And so I imagine by the time I get home from running errands one day, it'll be completely gone. But that is a super great um, German kind of uh, bread that has nuts and and candied fruit in it. And I know a lot of people don't like fruitcake. I, on the other hand, love fruitcake. Um, This would be the next best thing because it has more dough and less sticky fruit and nuts in it. So um, on the side there, that was just my experience. (laughs) So, okay, so what should we do? We're going to bake some cookies, right? This is the time of year when I bake Pfeffernus cookies. Okay. And I am on my, let's see. I so those, those kind of puffy uh, spice cookies that yes, are brown and have, covered with a lot of powdered sugar. Yep, yep. And, and lots of honey and coffee and lots of spices go in there. And, of course, I always tell people that they're better when they age because they really are. But they never last that long um, to age. But one of the things that you do with cookie dough like that or any other spicy cookie dough would be to put it in the refrigerator. I make a lot of doughs in advance when okay. I feel like I'm um, 
you know, I'm going oh, I'm to have a great day of baking. But the best thing you can do is make your doughs like ginger cookie dough, gingerbread dough. Um, a lot of sugar cookie doughs require refrigeration. If you're going to leave them in the fridge for a couple days, good. If you're okay. going to make them a week or two in advance, put them in your freezer. Okay. Why? What happens? What's magical that's happening in the fridge? It's called marriage. You know, like <laughs> marriage is so magical yes, all the time. marriage is magical. <laughs> so what happens, and, this, you know, I've discovered these things quite by accident, but, you know, pie crust, anything that has flour in it, the flour needs time to absorb the liquids, the consistency changes. It's easier to, to shape cookies when their dough is cold, you know, like your cookie cutouts mm-hmm. always have a sharper edge when that dough is cold and never oh my gosh people never 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 use a fresh out of the oven warm cookie sheet to put your new dough on that causes that dough to heat up very mm-hmm. fast and it kind of melts into the pan not good but your flavors marry by aging the dough and your flour gets a chance to be completely absorbed into um the dough, and so it's always a good thing to do anything like that. Even bread doughs can be put in the refrigerator, and they will still rise, but they will rise in a different way than they do on the counter. So um, you, if you have room in your refrigerator, I know some people don't have the luxury of having two refrigerators in their house, <laughs> but um, I do, and I make total use of it. So another thing you can do Instead of using vanilla, if you're out of vanilla, you know, you can use um, a flavored liqueur instead Mm -hmm. to flavor your cookies. And I know that there are tons and tons and tons of different flavored boozes out there. Mm -hmm. Too many for one person to taste all the time. Um, Yeah, I just threw some uh, whiskey in with a sweet potato pie over Thanksgiving. That was some next-level sweet potato pie. I want some sweet potato pie. Oh, man, I forgot about that. That stuff is amazing. Dream about it. I made made pumpkin pie from scratch this year Mm -hmm. that turned out divine. I bet. Then I used the sweet potatoes. Um, I cooked a vegan Thanksgiving dinner. With the exception of the ham, but you know there were <laughs> yeah. there were guys there. They had to have ham, but everything else yeah. was vegan. Sure, so okay. We made a sweet potato casserole with um, candied walnuts on top and mm. sliced apples. Oh my gosh, was that ever good? <laughs> um, I could probably be a vegetarian, maybe not vegan, but I could be a vegetarian. Oh, another sidetrack. Okay, okay, back yep. to the vanilla, back to the dough. Okay, <laughs> one of the um, things too, like if you do cut out cookies, mm-hmm. um, I like sugar cookies. I don't like two inches of frosting on top of any of my cookies because I like plain old cookies. So if you're going to uh, decorate your sugar cookies, you can do a couple things there. Um, One of the the tips for um, any kind of royal icing or chocolate drizzle that you do is to put a tablespoon of white corn syrup in the mix. Did you say white corn syrup? You must have said light. The light. light. Well, okay. okay, it isn't white. It's oh. clear. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I was just like, I've never heard of white corn we syrup. We have white gotcha. corn okay. syrup and black corn oh, okay, syrup. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> gotcha. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Um, you're right. It's light corn <laughs> syrup. Um, and it's getting, that stuff is getting hard to find. Really? I cannot, yeah, I ordered the um, dark stuff. All the processed foods. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, let's clarify that right okay. now. Not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Okay. 
corn syrup that I use that comes in the bottle, Carol, K-A-R-O, I think is the brand name. That is a true corn syrup. Gotcha. High fructose corn syrup is a totally different beast. Um, it is a, it is a manufactured different than the corn syrup, and even though the names are the same, there's a molecule or so missing in one of them that makes your body think that it's not full, which is why high fructose corn syrup is not necessarily a good thing to consume or overconsume in you know, okay. like sodas yeah. and things Tendencies like that. Tendencies to overeat. Yeah. Oh, mm. God. We've been, oh, man, I made Chex Mix and a, oh, it was yeah. a bucket it's of a Chex Mix. Addictive. And overnight, it's a half a bucket of yeah, Chex Mix. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till closer to Christmas to do that. But All right. You sent another tip uh, list here. What does crumpling your parchment have anything to do with successful baking? It's called taming your parchment. Oh, okay. Tame your parchment. You know when you pull it off? Yeah. You pull it off the roll and it curls. Yeah. And it curls the wrong way always. And so one of the two things that I do is I either take my hand and I dampen the pan or the counter and make it stick to that. When I'm, I always like to bake my cookies on parchment because I don't like to wash my cookie sheets very often. Um, and then, so if you crumple it, that will also okay. kind of like soften it up a little bit. And then, of course, one day I caught my husband throwing my parchment paper away, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! We reuse that till it falls right. to pieces. So, um, yeah, crumple your parchment, put it in your baking pans. Um, do not, and I repeat, do not. I have do you know, some classes with people, and we were talking about using parchment paper, and this gal's like, but I use parchment paper, and it's stuck to all my cookies. I'm like, ah, you were using wax paper. Mm -hmm. Do not confuse the two. Wax paper will not work the same as parchment to line your cookie sheets. Okay. So Now, Sue, when you said you don't like to wash your cookie sheets very often, is that just like... You you bake so much, you just don't want to do too many dishes? Or is it not so good for your pans to wash them too much? You know, I know people are, like, appalled by the fact that their pans don't stay shiny. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's your cookware or your bakeware. But when you put a shiny thing in the oven, the heat reflects off of it. So, like, baking a pie in an aluminum tin, I hate that because the bottom never browns as well as it does in a glass or a, um, a metal um pie plate because the darker they get from using them the more heat they absorb and one of the differences between professional ovens and home ovens is you cannot get your heat as high or as consistent because of the way they're made they're not made for industrial use even though i use mine um, yeah. Way more than a normal you person. You probably would. need a professional um, oven. <laughs> I would love to have one, but somehow I cannot talk the guy into <laughs> remodeling the kitchen for me. So, uh, in the meantime, I might have to just settle right. <laughs> you seem to be doing a good job with I am. I, I've actually um, done, let's see, 25, 50 dozen Pfeffernoos cookies Good for night. farmer's markets. Good in the, night. Fifty-five-zero? Five-zero, oh yes. Yes. Um, so each of those batches makes about 12 dozen cookies, you know. Wow. And like my grandmother's recipe says, it's like um, makes enough cookies to fill a cream can. <laughs> so that's how we measure that's the number lot. of cookies. Yeah. So you definitely know what you're talking about when you talk tips. Now, you sent another one here that is milk powder. 
and then toasting it. What, what does this do? Well, you know, um, first of all, if you're going to use, if you have recipes that call for liquid milk, like a bun or a bread recipe or a stolen recipe, you want to make sure that you heat that milk up to nearly boiling. It's called scalding your milk mm-hmm. because there is a protein in there that actually will kill yeast off. So if you're making a yeast dough, that's one of the things that you need to keep in mind that that's what scalding your milk does and you have to do it. Um, but the milk powder, um, if you toast it, you know, anytime you toast or roast something, the flavors deepen, the sugars kind of caramelize and you get like a way better flavor, and they're not talking about putting it in your toaster, my dear. Do do not put your powdered milk in your toaster to toast it. You do those kinds of things in uh, pans over medium to medium high heat, and do not walk away. Do not walk away from milk. Not even one second. Not (laughs) one second. No. You just stand there. You force yourself to stand It's worse than a toddler with a marker. It's just (laughs) awful. You know, it's like, oh, I can turn around and measure the flour. No. By the time you're done, it's all over your range. So like toasting nuts, like I toast nuts, my walnuts, my pecans. I toast my sesame seeds before I put them in bread, sunflower seeds and things like that. Just gives them a much better flavor. So you can replace your liquid milk with powdered milk. Um, It gets lighter because the water, like the too much water and the intense concentration of those milk sugars, which is why you don't want it to run over on your stove, you know, are mm. are better for your dough when they're in the in the powdered form. These are some of the things that, you know, like I always keep a box of powdered milk in my pantry. You know, sometimes when you run out of something, it's always good to have like a pantry full of emergency things. And powdered milk is one of those things that really comes in handy. Even though my mom made us drink half cow's milk and half powdered milk when we were young. And oh, I hate sure. the flavor. Yeah, Maybe toasting it would have been better. So <laughs> Toast um, your milk. So anyway, you're getting the benefits of the milk, the sugars and the proteins and stuff like that, without the extra water, which could definitely weigh your dough down. Now, you might have to experiment with it, but you might also be able to Google how much the proportion is to, to replace the powdered milk with the liquid milk in your recipe. Okay. What about presentation? Oh, I only eat naked sugar cookies because I can't decorate very Mm. well. (laughs) But if you do want to pull a Martha Stewart um, at the last minute, one of the one of the things, and I I'm upfront with people on this. I'm like, okay, I like sugar cookies, I like gingerbread cookies, mm-hmm. I like decorated cookies, but you're not going to see those decorate them detailed little things mm-hmm. on there. So I have something I do that I call um, the um, Jackson Pollock method of doing <laughs> sugar cookies. And your kids might actually really like this if you have kids. Where you lay, we lay the cookies out on parchment or wax paper, cover the table, right? Mm-hmm. And then you make your royal icing with that tiny little bit of um, corn syrup in there, which will make them glossy. Okay. And then use gel food coloring. Gel food colorings are so much more intense than those liquid ones that they used to have gotcha. in the 50s. Okay. And you can buy them one 
you know, color at a time. So I have a black and I have an orange, you know. I have basic colors in my refrigerator or in my pantry for Halloween and then the reds and the greens and yellows for Christmas. So then you mix that up and you make it a little bit runnier than if you were going to pipe it. And then you take a spoon or a brush or a old ketchup bottle, a clean Oh, maybe they don't make ketchup in those squeeze bottles anymore. Squeeze bottles. You can buy them at the dollar store. And and fill those up and let your let your little ones drizzle or splatter. Now, I use that term loosely, splatter, yeah. because mm-hmm. what you don't want is it on your walls and floors uh, and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it would be so I'm much sure fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, load a toddler with a... <laughs> with a brush and some it, yeah. icing. Go, go, Frosting. go. Um, <laughs> and so that's one way that you can do those. Another thing you can do with that same frosting is um, dip them. You know, like you'd have a star cookie and you could dip it in half, dip it halfway into the icing and then put it on a rack to finish dripping and dry. Or you could hold it very carefully upside down and dip the top of it in. But one of the easier things to do if you want a colored cookie is to put the gel coloring in the sugar cookie dough. You know, you can make beautiful yellows and greens, you know, for trees Mm -hmm. and red for boots. And then you just have to do a little bit of fancy icing on there. Mm -hmm. Um, It works with, uh, does not work with a dark colored dough, though, the icing in or the color in the cookie dough. So those you have to... Yeah, there's no dyeing a gingerbread cookie. (laughs) Right. And then, of course, any other kind of cookie like, oh, let's see. They have, um, well, the powdered sugar on like Mexican tea cakes and stuff like that. That's kind of pretty. My grandmother used to make a honey cookie and she would just take a white, beautiful white icing and spread it on top and then put sprinkles on. Um, just keep in mind that some of us older people don't like to crunch those down. When your teeth get a little older, they're a little more sensitive to those um, tiny little beads that people put on cookies and stuff. But here's my favorite. You can do all of these things with chocolate, too. Like you can gently melt chocolate. If you if you melt your chocolate too much, whether it's in the microwave or over a double boiler, it will seize into um, mm-hmm. some raggy stuff, but don't throw that away because that you can bust up and put into your next chocolate chip cookie recipe. So nothing ever goes to waste at our no, house. No, I guess not. Um, but you can put a little bit of corn syrup in with that chocolate also um, when you warm it up, gently warm it up, and that helps thin it out. It will also make it really nice and shiny. And then you can dip your cookies in there. You can drizzle that on your cookies. Um, you can... Frost your cookies and put chocolate shavings on using a vegetable peeler if you want. It's just an easy way to make pretty cookies without having to be so, ugh, I don't know what the word would be, like intense about decorating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a mindset. It is. Now, I like to sprinkle just a little bit of a finishing salt on on certain cookies. It's just a nice, yeah, a nice way to do (laughs) that. But what about... Like when you're making a pie and, and sometimes it calls for an egg wash, sometimes uh, you need milk. What is the difference? The difference would be what you actually have on hand at the moment you're baking. Yeah, right. That's, but here's one that I just dis- discovered. Actually, there's a couple of different colors that go with the milk versus the egg yolk. You know, like an egg yolk in its totality is really a nice yellow or kind of orange depending upon the egg and the time of year. And you can use straight up egg yolk 
to give your sugar cookies a wash or your buns a wash or your pie crust a wash. And I don't usually wash, you know, like I'll wait until something is baked and then I will go and do the wash on it for the kind of the finish. So the egg yolk will make it yellow. The egg white then, of course, will will, uh, be an easy an easy wash for like over a pie crust and then you can sprinkle sanding sugar over the top of it and give it that finishing bake and that'll be glossier and not yellow and then of course the whole egg of course if you don't want to waste a or b like if you're not baking 20 pies um, you can mix the two of them together and kind of get in the middle there okay but you can use cream and a little water you can use milk and a little water. But what I discovered the other day, quite by accident, when I was baking buns, you know, everybody likes uh, my buns. I have an enriched dough bun that I make. It's got sugar in and um, fat and milk in it. And it's so they're so tender and so delicious and slightly sweet in the first place. So if you take even parts like a quarter cup of sugar and a quarter cup of water and you put that in the microwave till that sugar is completely dissolved and then glaze your buns right before you take mm. them out of the oven with that, it adds a nice gloss and the tiniest little bit of sweet to the actual top of that mm. bun. Oh, my gosh. They were amazing. <laughs> and once again, we are hungry. Sue Balcom joins us once a week to talk about food. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Ashley. It was my pleasure.